0: The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honour to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honour me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Good morning, lovely people. My name's Lucy. I'm married to Adrian and we have three excellent children. Next month, we'll be celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary, and I thought you guys might enjoy seeing what we looked like in 1996. There we are. Um, I think it's fair to say that the years haven't been that kind to either of us. (laughs) Anyway, Back to the talk. I want to start by thanking Rebecca for reading Psalm 23 um, so well for us. And thank you, Rich, for um, bringing that link into the um, sadness this week in Birmingham. Um, I also need to admit to you guys before I start that I have stolen most of the ideas this morning from both Jean, uh, who's right here with me, and also Alice Gray, just two of our fantastic Oasis friends. And also various other scholars and wise people. I'll do my best to credit everybody as we go along. I'm going to be talking about Psalm 23 and we'll be thinking about what this, the image of the Lord as our shepherd tells us about who he is and what it tells us about who we are. One thing it does tell us, which I'm going to expand on shortly, is that if he is our shepherd then at least in some ways we are like sheep. One thing that sheep do is they choose to flock. They go through life together. And I wanted to start by underlining that we, the Oasis flock, are meant to be in this together. You are so very, very welcome here this morning. Um, I may be biased, but I think pretty much the best people in the world are in the Oasis flock, and that includes you. We want you here, we love you, you're part of this flock and more than that we need you. We wouldn't be fully us without you and you belong. Even if you're just visiting us today or you're looking in or we haven't met you yet because of the pandemic, please trust me that you are welcome and you're wanted here today. I just want to take 20 seconds If you're in a room with somebody else who's part of Oasis, why don't you turn to them now and let them know that you're glad they're part of our flock. If you're in a room by yourself, why don't you text somebody say I'm glad you're part of us. We're in this together. Thank you. Okay, back to the talk. I just wanted to mention that if you're aged, I think maybe about six or under, or if you're a child at heart, I think you really enjoy this book. Um, it's called Found, and it is a paraphrase of Psalm 23. It's got beautiful illustrations, um, and I find it helpful reading it. Um, a link to the author reading this book aloud on YouTube should pop up in the chat for you now, so you can find that. And I'm going to reference that a couple of times in the talk. Um, also, if you're a child and you're around, you listening in... Um, Something you could do if, if it's okay with parents is draw around your hand on a piece of paper and just put in these first few words of the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. I can't draw at all so I haven't illustrated it but you could add some images and as I'm talking I'm going to find out more about what that means and you could put your ideas in your hand. Again there's no upper age limit on that so Feel free to join in. Finally, any youths who are here, first of all, uh, well done for being here. The main challenge for you guys is to see if you can stay awake um, during the talk. And also you should be getting some questions sent to you via WhatsApp um, from the youth leaders any moment now on Psalm 23. Okay, so I'm going to share just a few thoughts about Psalm 23 under three headings. I'm going to think about the Lord as our provider, our protector and our pursuer. I know that many of us are already really familiar with this psalm, um, and my prayer today is that we will each hear something afresh from the Holy Spirit revealing how Jesus is our shepherd. The so first of all, provider. The central image, the Lord is my shepherd, is found in verse 1. In the New Living Translation that Rebecca read, it's expressed, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. Um, other translations say, "The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want." And Dallas Willard, Christian thinker and writer, paraphrased it like this: "The Lord is my shepherd, I have life without lack." In some ways, this verse summarizes the entirety of the gospel, because in Jesus, our good shepherd, we are completely provided for for this life for eternal life, for salvation, for the ongoing work of sanctification. And really, I could have talked for an hour just on this verse, but I was instructed not to do so. Um, but to really understand this image, um, we need to know a little bit about what sheep are like and a bit about what shepherds do for it to really make sense and resonate with our hearts. So first of all, what are sheep like? Um, I really like a sheep. They seem to me to be quite uncomplicated little fellows. God's spoken to me a lot of times about being more like a sheep. I remember being on a a retreat, sorry, a couple of years ago and the Lord drawing my attention to a nearby flock. He asked me, what do you think they have on their minds? I watched them for quite a while and realised the answer was not a lot. And the Lord said exactly. They were not, as far as I could tell anyway, from watching them. They weren't worrying about the mortgage, They weren't comparing themselves to the size of other sheep and wishing they could lose a few pounds. They were not overanalyzing that conversation from last Sunday and wondering if they'd said the wrong thing. They weren't trying to fix anyone else's problems, and they weren't justifying to their husband why they'd bought a takeaway coffee again. The sheep were pretty much content, nibbling the grass, looking around a bit. They were being. Sheep have enough awareness to know that they're safe, they realize their shepherd will turn up and guide them to the next field when needed. In that specific moment it seemed abundantly clear to me that be more sheep would be a good motto for me to find the security and the peace and the comfort the Lord has for us. Since then I have discovered that sheep do have hidden depths and any of my friends will attest to this because I like to share what I find out about sheep. Um, sheep like us have lots of strengths, they feel emotions, They have friends, they really do. Uh, They're loyal. They care about their offspring and they can learn to follow their shepherd's voice. Also like us though, they have weaknesses. Sheep have a tendency to wander off. Even when the shepherd has settled them into a field with lush grass, they're totally secure. They can be inclined to take matters into their own hooves. Do you like what I did there? Uh, And get themselves into trouble Do you recognise yourself in that? I recognise myself. Sheep can also panic. If a sheep falls onto its back, it's not able to get up again. And sheep stuck in that predicament do not have the capacity to wait patiently or hope, or even remember that that's happened to them before and they were rescued. So unless a a shepherd comes really quickly to their aid, a sheep stuck like that can die from a heart attack induced by panic. Have you ever felt so afraid and overwhelmed that you literally feel like you're gonna die? I know I have. And this is why we're so in need of our good shepherd, Jesus. So what is a shepherd like? Well, I asked Jean. Jean is from a family of farmers and indeed worked as a shepherd herself for a season. And she explained to me that shepherds check their sheep multiple times every day, not only the whole flock, but as individuals. They keep them safe, they feed them. She said that shepherds always know exactly how many sheep they have. They spend a lot of time counting them. Jean knew her little flock of 10 and she could tell straight away if one was missing, which one it was. Astonishingly, she told me though that her uncle who has over 500 in his flock does the same. He notices if one of the sheep isn't okay, he can spot her in a crowd and he can check up on her. If that's what a good shepherd can do, how much more does our Lord know us and tend to our needs and meet with us. Jean also told me she remembers feeding her flock. Each day she'd arrive with an abundance of food for them, yet as she tried to pour it into the trough, they would put their heads straight down and start eating, resulting in the food bouncing off their little woolly heads. She wished they could understand that if they would just look up, they'd see that the shepherd had more than enough for all of them. And couldn't they remember from one day to the next that their shepherd would always provide for them? I don't know about you guys, but I think I'm a bit like Gene's sheep. So when we read the Lord is my shepherd at the start of Psalm 23, those words express confidence in God's providence. He's our leader. He's our guide. He's the one in charge. He's the one carrying the responsibilities, shouldering the weight. He's the one keeping an eye on everyone and everything. As the found book puts it at the very start, God is my shepherd and I'm his little lamb. It's so simple and yet so profound. Interestingly, Jewish mystics note that even the way that the psalm is structured affirms God's providing for us. In Hebrew, the psalm has 57 words, and 57 is the numerical value of the word in Hebrew, meaning sustain. It also has 227 letters, the numerical value of the word blessing. So even the way the psalm sits on the page, if you were reading and understanding it in Hebrew, everything about the psalm points to the certainty that God provides. When we remember that God provides, that he is in charge, It frees us from striving to be more than we were created to be. He is everywhere, so we don't have to be. He knows everything, so we can stop pretending that we do. Man, that is good news for me. That is a relief. He is the shepherd, watching over, taking care. We can be. This is a lovely thought, but it's really challenging to hang on to when we're stressed out, under pressure, really busy or when we're overwhelmed and burdened, or when we're suffering. Over the last year, all of us have experienced some or all of those emotions. As I was preparing, I felt reminded of the wise words of my father-in-law, Mike. We have been in lockdown, but the Lord has not. He still holds the whole world in his hands. Verse 2 and 3 of Psalm 23 underline this idea. They remind us that the Lord provides us with rest and with strength and with sustenance. So Psalm 23 gives us this moment then to remember that he is in charge and we have all that we need. I just, I'm just going to ask us again to take a really brief pause and ask you to um, just consider, maybe inhale and receive this. The Lord is our shepherd. We have all that we need. We can trust, we can rest, and we can be. Secondly, I want to talk about um, the Lord as our protector. Verse four tells us that, in, especially in the hardest of times, he is with us. It says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. In the Middle East, at the time this psalm was written, shepherds would construct rough sort of pens to protect their flocks at night. And then they would lay down across the entrance to the pens, protecting the sheep with their their own bodies, with their very lives. This image of the self-sacrificing shepherd links back to Old Testament shepherds like Jacob and his family and Moses. And it also points us forward to Jesus, the ultimate shepherd who literally lays down his life to save us. Sheep need protecting, especially in the darkness. We, like sheep, can become lost and overwhelmed so easily. I'm just gonna refer back to his book again. I hope the lights, yeah, that's fine, isn't it? You can see that. Look at this little sheep here in verse four. Lost and afraid and in the darkness. It's precisely at this point in the psalm, when there is danger, that the relationship between us and God becomes closer. The pronoun used for God isn't he anymore, it changes to you. So the presence of danger leads to this closer personal relationship with God. Not to say that we want things to be difficult, but rather that in our darkest times we can discover more profoundly just how closely he walks with us. Dallas Willard puts it like this, Even though I go through loss, hunger, disease, ageing and death, I will fear no evil because you, Jesus, are with me. To give you a quick example from my life, um, those of you who know me at all know that I struggle with depression. I know there are others in our flock who do too and please know that you are not alone and that you're loved. At the end of January this year, some of my symptoms returned and I felt really afraid of what might be coming. In the darkness, I couldn't see that the Lord was with me. I couldn't find him. But I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to reread Psalm 139. That's a psalm I've read lots of times. And quite honestly, I didn't know if I had the energy to pick up my Bible and open it. But I felt really desperate to hear from him too. Verse 12 seemed to jump off the page at me. Even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. When I read this, I felt seen and known. I knew he was reminding me that he was with me. And he said gently, You need to reach out to others. I texted a couple of close friends. I was overwhelmed, and one of them said, I'm going to be praying um, Psalm 40 for you. It starts like this The Lord turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me. The Lord was reminding me how he's lifted me up and steadied me before and he was promising he would do it again. Over the next couple of days, there were some really precious moments um, where Jesus just nudged me. Speak to your head teacher. I work in a school. I was really anxious about being off. Without hesitation, my head teacher said, take time off. No questions asked. Rest. Come back when you're ready. The Lord prompted me to ask my aunt for help with caring for an elderly family member that I was finding overwhelming, and she took that on completely to give me a break. As I cried out to God in that frightening place, he just kept meeting me and providing for me in these small ways. Like this illustration, sorry, it's the last time I'm going to pick this up. Like this illustration in this book, the Lord's protection doesn't mean we don't suffer, but it means that he's with us in it. Am I glad my depression came back earlier this year? No. Am I completely fine now? No. Have I needed professional help and counselling and medication? Yes. (laughs) Am I extraordinarily grateful for the Lord shepherding me and us through this dark valley? Absolutely. Finally, I want to talk about the Lord pursuing us. In verse 6 of this psalm, we see how God abundantly lavishes love on us and actively chases after us. Verse 6 says, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. At the start of the psalm, we were told, He leads me, and here at the end, you pursue me. So God's everywhere in our lives. Interestingly, interesting to me anyway, this is the only place in the Old Testament where the Hebrew verb that's translated as pursue is used to describe God chasing after us. It's usually describing the hostile action of enemies. So, one, we might expect the psalmist's enemies to chase after him, but here is God's goodness and faithfulness of pursuing him instead. So the word pursue is used outside of its normal context. This is unique to Psalm 23, to create this word picture of a kind God chasing down ones he loves. That's you and me. And I'm sure that God has felt many times in my life like he was chasing down a a fleeing two-year-old or a stubborn sheep. And I've been there angry, being dragged back from what I wanted to do, my will, my plan, my way not seeing the bigger picture, not getting it. Like that sheep that wanders away from the safety and provision of the shepherd and becomes entangled in a bramble bush, yet always he comes after us. The Jewish theologian Abraham Heschel wrote that, all of human history as described in the Bible may be summarised in one phrase, God is in search of man. From the search for Adam and Eve when they hid themselves, through to the sending of Jesus, our Emmanuel, God, right with us, through all of history and his passion for every single human soul, to the end of time, when all will be made well, the Lord pursues us. His love, as the song tells us, is overwhelming, never-ending, recklessly chasing after us. This love is stronger than pain and death. This love washes us clean from our sin and our shame. This love is the very nature of who God is. How then shall we respond? In closing, I've got a couple of questions for us, for me as much as for you. When you think of God providing, what what comes to mind that you're lacking in your life? Maybe you're thinking, I don't have enough, money, time, beauty, experience, friendships, energy, health, clarity. Or same question, but from a different angle, really. What are you carrying that you don't need to be? Maybe you have too many options or critics or problems or voices or issues or anxieties. As we draw to a close now and come back to worship, I'd really encourage you to bring your heart to the Lord. He's our very good shepherd. Invite him to show you afresh how, whatever circumstances are like for you, whatever you're lacking or whatever you're carrying, that you don't need to be. We have all that we need in him. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need.